0: Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're so glad you've decided to join us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your heart and mind as our pastor, Chip Pendleton, brings us the Word of God.
1: Well, what a wonderful video. Thank you all for watching this. I still have my hairnet, though, so that, that was good. Hey, uh, for those of you who helped out or heard about uh, we were packing meals, our goal was 20,000, and uh, uh, we have now, uh, we're somewhere around 25,000 meals that we've packed in just the time that we have been here. So thank you all so much. Uh, it was just, just amazing. The only problem is we have to pay for all those meals. But that's okay, too. That's okay. No, we're very, very excited. Had a lot more people than we thought we were going to have. Uh, This is just a great ministry uh, down there right now. A lot of families with kids and everything, and it's just really, really neat to see. So thank you all for helping out with that. Well, take your Bibles, turn over to Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah 58, starting with verse 6. We're, this uh, Thursday is Thanksgiving Day. It's a time we, we uh, begin the holiday season. And most people have something that they do every holiday season. And what they do from Thanksgiving to New Year is they gain weight. That's what they do. You know, it's just, it's just a goal that they have as they go through there. And uh, your, your body is transformed, most people believe. I actually have a little diagram here of how your body is transformed uh, during that time of the year. And uh, so then what happens is when you hit New Year's, then you get a New Year's resolution that you're gonna lose weight. And uh, so uh, you can break that in a couple of weeks and go on uh, to what you were doing. Uh, but most people, if they are asked, not knowing exactly, most people if they're asked say, I probably gained four to five pounds uh, over the holidays. That's what most people's guess is. Uh, what do you think the actual number is most people gain over the holidays? Guess what? One pound. That is a study that was uh, done by the New England Journal of Medicine. They said most people think they've gained four or five pounds. They only have gained one pound because they said the holidays are cyclical. You'll eat yourself silly on Friday and Saturday. You can't eat anything for Monday and Tuesday. You're back in the groove by Wednesday. And you just keep going on this cycle back and forth. But the average person only gains really about one pound during the holiday season. Now, I know some of you are overachievers. You try to beat that every year, and uh, we're proud of you and everything, but it's not quite what most of us think it is. Well, in our scripture, Isaiah is writing to a, a people in Judah, and he's telling them that they're doing this whole fasting thing Wrong. Now fasting uh, was a biblical principle. It was, it was very important uh, in scripture. And basically the point of fasting was for you to do away with food for a particular period of time so that you could draw closer to God during that time. And uh, so sometimes fasting was from sun, uh, uh, sundown to, to sundown in one day. Sometimes it was just a meal. It was done a lot of times before special holy feasts. Sometimes it was done as a sign of repentance. And sometimes just as to show how, per- how the person was sincere and wanted a stronger relationship uh, with God. So all those are reasons uh, that people fasted. And uh, in our scripture passage, in verses 1 through 5 of chapter 58, Isaiah tells the people they're fasting all wrong, and God wants them to know the proper kind of fast. We're going to just walk through 1 through 5 real quickly. Isaiah 58. So in verse 1 he says, shout it, let everybody know the people of Judah are in rebellion and sin against God. So that's the first thing he says is, hey look, whatever you're doing it's not working, you're in rebellion, you're in sin against God. In verse 2 he says that basically your religious devotion is fake, you act like you're seeking God but you're really not. Uh, That that it's just all a show, it's all a religious show, it has nothing to do with really getting closer to God. And then verses three through 5 he says the people are complaining that they're fasting to get closer to God but God isn't doing anything and this is kind of the heart of of the complaint that Isaiah has against the people he says the fact of the matter is what they are doing is they have a religious show but their life isn't any different So if your lifestyle isn't matching your religious devotion, if the two things aren't going together, then the religious devotion really is just useless. He's telling them they're exploiting their workers, they're arguing, they're fighting. Your lifestyle is not matching your devotion, and therefore your devotion is useless. So in verses 6 through 10, that's where we're going to spend uh, our time today. We're going to talk about the kind of fast that God wants. So the people are fasting. They're they're, they're, uh, going without food. They're they're hungry. They're showing how devoted they are to God. And God's telling them, look, if your lifestyle doesn't match it, all you're doing is skipping a meal. You're not helping yourself at all. So let's look over now, verses 6 through 10, and talk about the kind of fast that God wants. And the first thing we see is this. The kind of fasting God wants is for us to care for the hurting and the hungry. The kind of fasting God wants is for us to care for the hurting and the hungry. Look at verses 6 and 7 of our scripture passage. Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? Loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, set the oppressed free, break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry, to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them, to not turn away from your own flesh and blood. So the kind of fasting God says he wants is a little bit different than what we think. We think of fasting as something where we're skipping a meal, we're trying to get close to God. But if God says, if what you want to do is show your devotion to me and get closer to me, there's something that you need to do. And what you need to do, he goes through a whole list of things. Loose the chains of injustice. When people are treated unjustly to stand up for them and the injustice that's been done. When people are being oppressed to break whatever it is that is oppressing them. When people are hungry to give them food. When people are homeless to give them a place to stay. When people have no clothes to clothe the poor. And then he says, and don't forget about helping your own family. Okay, so not quite what we expected. Not quite what we expected, because when we think of fasting, even though it's supposed to be about us getting closer to God, oftentimes fasting is just about us, because we're a very selfish people. And so when we are fast, what we're thinking about is this. Well, I'm hungry, and I wish I would have eaten something, but I'm showing how much I love God, but I sure am hungry. You know, and that's kind of everything. Our, our, Our whole focus is on ourselves, and what God is saying is you need to be focused on other people. You know, we talked in the last sermon series we had, it's all about loving God and loving people. And our religious shows and church buildings and great programs are really just ways of caring for people. And if they become the center of what we're doing, we've missed the whole point. If the center of what we're doing is having a great building and nothing ever gets touched, uh, I I pastored a church that had uh, this parlor room, and uh, it was nice. But let me tell you, when people would go in there and have a meeting or something, it was like trauma for the next week because if anything was left in that room or got dirty or even put out of place, if there was a doily and they had doilies that weren't in the right place, I mean, we heard it, you know, you messed up the parlor, you know. So if the parlor becomes your whole focus, then you're missing the point of what God's doing. How is that parlor doing something to help God and make God's kingdom better? Anybody here ever heard of the shopping cart theory? The shopping cart theory? The shopping cart theory is you can tell what you do with your shopping cart when you leave the grocery store or Walmart, and it will say whether or not you are a selfish person or whether or not you are a person that cares about others. And so here's the theory. If you get your groceries, you put them in your car, and then you just leave the shopping cart there in another uh, parking area or you just walk off and leave it, it shows you are a very self-centered person that only cares about yourself. But if you take your cart and you put it up, it says that you are someone that cares about other people and want to help other people. Here's a picture uh, of a, a shopping area at Walmart. So you have three carts, three different people didn't put their carts up. So where did they all put them? In a handicapped parking spot. So that's like super selfish, okay? I'm not only not gonna put it up, I'm gonna make sure no handicapped person can use this one, you know. That, that's how it shows you how much I care uh, about other people that are there. As a matter of fact, we are so selfish of people that Aldi makes you pay for their cards. And they actually put a little sign on it. Here's the sign at Aldi's, and basically it says, "You know, it says, have a quarter, save you dollars. How does putting a quarter in to get your shopping cart save you dollars? Well, they explain it. It does it because people are selfish. Everybody's going to leave their shopping cart in the parking lot. They've got to hire extra help just to get your stupid shopping cart. Therefore, you pay more for your groceries. So basically what that says is, we're charging you a quarter because everybody's selfish and nobody will do anything to care about anybody else. That's basically what Aldi's is saying. Now, until Aldi's went in down here on Westport Road, I'd never been in an Aldi's. I didn't know you had to pay for a shopping cart. I'd never even heard of anything like that. So I'm going in the first time, a guy's coming out with a shopping cart, and I said, hey, I'll take that from you, buddy. And I walk up and take his shopping cart. The guy looks at me kind of strange, and he goes, well, all right then. And I go, well what is wrong with you, you know, and then I go take the cart back at the, when I'm through grocery shopping, and I get a quarterback, and I think, yeah, this is a good deal, I I like this, This, you know, something else, but why does Aldi do it, because they tell you right up front, everybody is selfish, nobody's going to do anything to care about anybody else. And so what God is telling the people here, the kind of fast that he wants is a fast that isn't just centered on you and you missing a meal. It's a fast that's centered on loving and caring for other people. The hurting, the oppressed, the hungry, the homeless, the naked, doing what you can to help other people. And it's interesting, in our scripture passage here at the very end of verse 7, he says, and don't forget about your own flesh and blood. Sometimes the people we help the least and care for the least are our own family. And it should be the people we love and care and help the most, but sometimes our family falls through the cracks. Uh, I'm proud to say in the last couple of weeks, we've done all kinds of things uh, here in this area as a church. Uh, Sandy Hale just got up a few minutes ago and talked to you about the fact 250 people uh, in the east end of Louisville are going to have a Thanksgiving dinner now because of what you all have done. And it shows, you know, we're going to help. We're going to feed those. Uh, like I say, we had a go of 20,000 meals. You all were just overachievers. This service did 16,000 meals of the 20,000. We were hoping you all would get 11 or 12, you know, and make it easy on the next group. You did 16,000, so now we have to pay for extra meals because you all were so good at what you did. And uh, so thank you all so much. I was going around trying to talk to a lot of the children as they were helping out, and uh, there was one little girl that was taking a scoop of rice, putting in the thing, and I said, good job. And she said, it's not that hard. One scoop, put it in. And I said, yeah, but what you need to think about, every time you do one scoop, a family just had a meal because of what you did. And she looked at me and she said, that's pretty neat. And I said, that is pretty neat. And every time you do that scoop, that's exactly what is happening. So what God is telling the people here is, hey, guess what? A fast that God wants is for you to help and care for other people because you know what? What God cares about is people. And so we need to be caring about people ourselves. Abraham Oleg uh, Begi is 13 years old, and he has a severe rare blood disorder. had to get a total bone marrow transplant. And uh, so as he was undergoing the, the transplant, it was, it was successful. Uh, he got a letter from the Make-A-Wish Foundation that said he'd been chosen for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. As he was recovering, his parents met with him. The Make-A-Wish people came in, and uh, the doctor said, Hey, we think you're going to be fine. We think this is a total success. And uh, the Make-A-Wish people said, What do you want? And he said, Why would I want anything? I just got what I wanted. I'm fine. And they said, Well, okay, great. We're glad. We're, we're excited. But, you know, what are you going to, you know, what do you want your wish to be? You still get your wish. And he said, Well, then what I want is to give a meal for all the homeless people in Jackson, Mississippi, where I live. And so that's what they did. Uh, In in Abraham's name, uh, they began to serve the homeless in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, They had enough money from uh, his gift uh, that he actually started a charity called Abraham's Table. And now once a month, uh, due to businesses that have chipped in and other things, uh, he's going to be able to feed all the homeless in Jackson, Mississippi, a hot meal once a month for two years. And uh, that's a young man, 13 years of age. 13 years of age that's saying I care about other people and not just myself. That brings us to the second thing we see in our scripture passage. When you do that, when you say the kind of fast I'm going to give to God is I'm going to love and care and help other people who can't help themselves. When you do that, two things happen. What's the result of that kind of fast? There's two results of that kind of fast. That's what we're going to look at to close here today. The first result of that kind of fast is something personal for you you will draw closer to God and your life will be strengthened. When you do that, when you stop thinking about yourself and you start thinking about other people, you will draw closer to God and your life will be strengthened. Look down at verse 8 of our scripture passage. Then your light will break forth like the dawn. Your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer and and you will answer your cry for help. So it makes your life better, and it brings you closer to God. Let's kind of walk through it. Verse 8, then you will break forth like the dawn. What's that mean? It means the things that you are doing to help other people are going to make a difference. Your light begins to shine. Now, our light's a reflective light. It's not a light that's coming from us. It's a light that's reflecting God and God's glory. But when you help other people, your light begins to shine. But then look at the very next thing that said. Your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. So it means that as you help other people, God is pleased because God cares about people. It draws you closer to God, and it brings healing to you. Now, what a neat thing. You helping someone else brings healing to you now we never thought that could happen but how does it do that because it's something that has changed us from being self-centered ego-centered and just thinking about ourselves to looking at other people caring about other people and as we do that our life is transformed and healing comes to us what an amazing thing to think just by helping somebody else healing has come to us it goes on and it says your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the lord will be your rear guard that's also a really interesting turn of phrase so he said okay up to this point all you've been doing is looking and seeing yourself you're just thinking about yourself When you start thinking about other people, then what happens is your righteousness goes before you. You're now looking up as you're going out and you're saying, okay, it's not just about me. It's not just what I want. What can I look out? Who's hurting? Who can I help? What can I do to make a difference? You're looking forward. Here's the problem, though. If you're looking forward, you have no protection in the back. And what the scripture passage says is you don't have to worry about yourself anymore. When you realize it's about loving God and loving people and you start looking out, guess what? God is guarding your back. He's got your back, is what it says. That's literally what it says. That you don't have to worry about yourself anymore. God's there. God's with you. You've got this new relationship with God. Uh, Your righteousness goes before you and God's guarding your rear guard. And so what an unbelievable thing. And then he says, what the people were saying in Isaiah's time were this. We're fasting and showing this great devotion to God, and God's not doing anything. And God says, wait a second. Your lifestyle isn't matching what you're doing. Not so fast. Nobody got that? Not so fast. Come on, people. I wrote that myself. (laughs) Who could tell I wrote it myself? Thank you thank you thank you so what god is saying here is 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 hold on wait a second you want to get closer to me then care for other people change your lifestyle and when that happens when you call on the lord he'll answer and he'll answer that cry for help so what happens then when we start caring and helping other people it draws us closer to god and our lives are strengthened got any country music fans here All right, anybody ever hear hear of Luke Bryan? All right, so Luke Bryan the other day was driving home. Uh, There was a car broke down on the side of the road. There was a lady with a car jack thrown over her shoulder, a young lady. She looked mystified as she was staring at her flat tire. So he pulled in front of her, went over, started changing her tire. About halfway through changing her tire, the lady looked at him and said, Are you Luke Bryan? And he said, Uh, Yeah. And then she got real excited and everything. I can't believe you stopped to help me, and this was great. And she was thanking him and thanking him. Here's a picture of Luke Bryan, uh, a picture of the lady and her, him changing her tire. Uh, She was just so appreciative. And afterwards, Luke Bryan put this on Twitter. I stopped to help somebody change a tire, and I left feeling more blessed than the person I had helped. Have you ever felt that way before? You help somebody else, and you feel more blessed than they do? It's because that's the way God made us. It's the way that makes life better. When you help other people, you get closer to God and your life is strengthened. And that brings us to the last thing that we see. So the second benefit, the first thing that happens when we have a fast of of our selfishness into caring for others is that we're strengthened and we get closer to God. The second thing that happens is that people will be helped and God's kingdom will be strengthened. So, yes, you get better, you get closer to God, but guess what? People are helped, and God's kingdom is strengthened by what you did to help another person. Look at verse end of verse 9 and verse 10. And then he that's talking about God, and then he will say, Here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing of the finger, with malicious talk, and if you spend yourself in behalf of the hungry, if you satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness. And your night will become like the noonday. So the people are saying, where's God? Why is he not doing anything? We're doing all this fasting. And God's saying, what I care about is helping and caring for people. When you love and care and help other people, it changes everything. So let's kind of walk through what he said here. He starts out in verse 8, and he says, Okay, the first thing you have to do is stop the way you're currently living. Do away with the yoke of oppression, pointing fingers, malicious talk. Stop just thinking about yourself. Okay, and then he says then what I want you to do is spend yourself in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed So the first thing that happens is not only are we strengthened, but then people's needs are met Hungry people are fed the oppressed have their needs satisfied A difference is made in the world and the community when you do something like that As I said down there we've talked about it two or three times already this morning We've packed over 20,000 meals that are going to go to haiti Uh, They're going to help people that are in a desperate situation uh, in that country at this very time. Uh, It's an unbelievable act. Every time you were doing something down there, you were helping a family. It was making a difference. But it wasn't just making a difference for that family. It was making a difference for God's kingdom. It was making God's kingdom a better place, a stronger place, uh, because God's people... reaching out and showing their love to others and that's why he ends in verse 10 by saying then your light will rise in the darkness and night will be like the noonday you think it's dark now you think God's far away if you want me to get closer then show you love and care for people and I'll be right with you and your darkness will become day again so God here telling us what he cares about as people, what we need to care about as people. And when we do that, we're transformed, other people are transformed, and God's kingdom's made stronger. And who's he talking about here? Other people. Talking about everybody. Everybody in any country of any race, any gender, any belief, anyone uh, that lives was created in God's image, and we need to be doing all we can to love and care for them and share the love of Christ. With them, And when we do that, we're made stronger, and they're made stronger. This past week in Louisville, Kentucky, anybody here been to Louisville, Kentucky? Probably some of you haven't. How about Louisville? Anybody been to Louisville? All right. All right, most of you are EastEnders. You've probably never been to Louisville. You've got to go, go down that way a little way. Uh, but, but anyway, uh, in Louisville, Kentucky this past week, there was a Metro police officer by the name of Jan Dykes. And uh, she was working a, a, a school bus stop before school started, because if you remember a month or two ago, there was that tragic shooting. Uh, the young man was killed at the bus stop, so Metro Police has an extra presence at some of the bus stops. And while she was at the bus stop, a young boy walked up to her, and she began to talk to him. And when the boy's bus came, the boy looked at her, and he stopped, and he said, hey, before I leave, do you mind if I pray for you? And Dykes said, well, sure, I would love for you to pray for you. And he says, great. And so he prayed for her. He prayed for her safety. He prayed that she would help people that day. And then this is what Jan Dykes had to say afterwards. I was stunned by that child's kindness and open heart. I even went back to the bus stop to try to find him at the end of the school day, but didn't have any luck. It brought me more joy than you will ever know. It brought joy to me the entire day. And everything I did, I was just trying to say, Do just try to help someone else today. Oftentimes what you're thinking is you just want to get through the day and you wonder if people are nice at all. This young man showed me something different. He made me happy. He made me see that someone so young and so moldable could be so positive and he was wanting to be light and it made my entire day a better day. That one little boy right there did one act and had a prayer and changed Jan Dykes' entire day. That's what happens when light is shared in darkness. And that's what you need to know. Every time you do something to care for another person, every time you do something to show the love of God and to go beyond a world, this is a harsh, mean, self-centered world. And when you show love and care and compassion, people notice, people look. It makes you better. It makes them better. And it strengthens God's kingdom. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for letting us know that we're okay, that you're with us, you're in our life, that, Father, we have heaven, and now it's time for us to stop just thinking about ourselves and to start thinking about others and their salvation and how we can help and care for them. Lord, help us to be people that have a fast of self-centeredness to a fast of loving and caring for others. In Jesus' name. Well, we come to this invitation time, and the first part of the invitation is that I would just say for you to look at your life and to say, Lord, this week, help me to have open eyes, hearts, and ears, and just help me care for somebody else. God's going to bring somebody in your path this week. Maybe it just needs an encouraging word, pat on the back. Maybe somebody you can help in some other way, but wherever God leads, just look for it and do all that you can to help another person. Maybe you're here and some of your problem is selfishness and you just need to be praying, Lord, help me to get over myself and to start seeing other people. Or maybe your problem is God's not in your life at all right now. And you're never going to be able to see beyond yourself until you have Jesus Christ in your life. And so if that's the case and you want to know more about God and having God in your life, you can either text that connect or prayer to the number that's on the screen there and there'll be somebody that will contact you. If you're in person, when you go out, just go to the Welcome Center. Somebody will be glad to talk to you. But this is your time as we respond. Please stand together as we sing.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week for another message from God's Word.